Hey, everybody, and welcome to D3 Glory Days. We are back from the national meet, an exciting weekend. We'll get more into that. Our next few episodes are going to be bringing you interviews with some notable figures from these championships. But before we continue along those lines, we have a lot of people to thank. Stu and I were up in the booth doing the commentary. If you tuned in and enjoyed that, that's really cool. Um, I think we're getting a little better every championships we do, always looking for things to improve on, but it's a cool opportunity. We really enjoyed it. If you have any feedback for us, let us know. But additionally, we had a whole team of D3 Glory Days people out on the ground and at home helping us bring coverage both through photographs. We had three photographers, Nico, Alan, and Kyle did amazing work photographing the meet. You can see those photos on our Instagram or our Twitter. There's some on there. And additionally, Chris, Emily, and Maddie, who were at home manning the computers and cell phones, making sure the Instagram content was pumping, the Twitter content was pumping, bringing you all those important up-to-the-minute updates. And so we, yeah, we basically had a team of eight people covering Division Three Indoor National Championships this year. That's the biggest team we've ever brought to a national championship meet, and I think it worked out really well. Along those lines, if you enjoyed that content and you want to help support it, listener donations are how we keep this podcast running and how we're able to provide that level of support. So if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find links down in the show notes below. There's a link to our Venmo, which Alex, Tom, Peter, and Kelly all contributed to this week. Thank you guys for that. There's also a link to our Patreon if you'd like to join us as a monthly supporter. Those contributions go a long way and enable us to further increase the spotlight that we put on Division 3 aspects. It's been really fun so far, and thanks to all those who have supported us. If you're not ready or willing to support financially, just share this podcast with a friend, with a coach, with a teammate. That really helps us get the word out as well. I'm going to turn the mic over now to Stu. He's going to introduce you to our guest in our post-championship series. Yeah, but before I do, I just want to echo what Noah said and a big thank you to our team. This was an idea we had to do something like this, and it exceeded expectations, I'll say. So excited for what's to come and gives us a lot of momentum heading into outdoor and the future of D3 Glorias. I think we have something pretty special here, and we'll continue to do our best to bring you this type of coverage moving forward. We may have set ourselves up for disaster, though, if we can't replicate what we just did. However... We're up for the challenge. Yeah, today we're joined by Victoria Kadiri from Johns Hopkins. At the Indoor National Meet, she won two national titles in both the triple jump and the long jump, also finishing fifth in the pentathlon. Not only did she win the triple jump national title, but she set the new D3 indoor triple jump record, jumping 13.18 meters. She's the first woman indoors to break the 13-meter barrier and joins Alexa Wandy from SUNY Geneseo as the other woman to have gone 13 meters or over. It was great to hear her perspective on the progression that she's had over the past few years. We spoke with her last year before the outdoor national meet, and that was her first season doing triple jump. And since then, she's gone on to win two triple jump titles and set the D3 record in less than 11 months. It's pretty impressive. It's clear Victoria wants to keep improving and she seems to have fun with everything that she does and balances her entire hectic schedule very well, especially at a track meet when she has to jump between the pentathlon and an individual event. You know, big thanks to Victoria for taking the time to speak with us today. It was great to learn more about her and 
get you excited for what she can accomplish this outdoor season. Until then, here's the glory days. Welcome back to D3 Glory Days. We're now joined by the new D3 triple jump record holder and two-time champion over the weekend, Victoria Kadiri. Victoria, welcome back to D3 Glory Days. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Yeah, we spoke with you prior to the outdoor season nationals, and now you've done a lot since then. You've won four titles in that time since we spoke. So the D3 record, you've had a lot going on. And we kind of asked... Joseph, this, you know, he, he's won some titles. He set a D3 record also field athlete of the year, you know, with all the accolades you've accumulated since then, what are you most proud of records, titles, national field athlete of the year? Huh? That is a good question. Um, I think I'm most proud of my triple jump record just because one thing my coach and I have talked a lot about is not really necessarily focusing on my titles and things like that. It's like, if I jump 13-18 and somebody jumped 13-50, obviously you're going to be happy for that. It's like, well, I did everything I could have, and I'm still proud of myself for that. But I'm glad that I was able to, like, cross the 13 barrier because that was a goal that I had set for myself outdoors. So to do it in March and, like, kind of have that momentum going into it is something that really exciting. We hear that a lot, I think, especially from field athletes. They're, like, always more focused on improving their individual marks. And if it if it winds up, you know, that they win the meet or they win a championship, that's awesome. But it's kind of secondary. Can you kind of take us, like, behind the scenes in the triple jump? And, you know, you set that, that barrier for yourself. What were some of the things that you knew you had to do to achieve it? Um, especially that weekend, I knew I had to just overcome – tiredness in my legs it was kind of a given like based on how I set up the weekend for myself but luckily we had gone through some other meets earlier in the season where I had like pretty stacked weekends so I had experience I guess like kind of working through that soreness um so that was one thing and then we'd also been kind of working on my approach because after like December I added another step so I was kind of working to work with that extra speed and like making sure it was translating to the phases correctly and that was something I hadn't quite put together yet so that was another thing yeah, and just being patient during the phases themselves in triple jump. It's kind of rushed, like, throughout. But I think just having triple that day helped me to kind of focus and lock in on, like, what exactly we were trying to work on. And I think it worked out well overall. Yeah, you mentioned your workload. And I was looking at the schedule, like, prior to it and seeing where you were ranked national. I was like, I wonder if you're going to try this triple. And you did. Long jump, pent, triple jump. I mean, that's got to be crazy on your legs for at least Saturday with triple jump. You ended up setting, I think it was four or five PRs on that day. You broke the national record twice within just triple jump itself. So how were you able to take these sore legs after six events the day before and then be able to break the record twice in triple jump? Definitely, like I mentioned, having the practice earlier in the season about just like having longer two-day meets. Like at conferences, I ended up doing a bunch of events. And then the first weekend that I did the pen earlier in the season, I had a couple individual stuff at the day after. So I was like, not used to it. Cause I feel like there's no way you can really get used to having that much workload. But like, I knew what it was like. I knew what I was kind of getting myself into. Um, and then definitely prioritizing recovery right after. Um, after the pet finished, I laid on the ground for a while and then we did dinner and everything. And just like a long recovery shower and then right to bed. That was definitely important. 
And then the day of, um, I, th- I guess just like not really focusing on the tiredness and just trying to get amped up mentally. Cause I feel like even if you feel tired, you can kind of push past it if you're like in the right headspace. And that's something that I've tried to prioritize a lot this season. And so I felt like I was in the headspace to be like, I'm here, I'm amped, I've done all the work I need to do. And I can like, I can do this no matter what happens or like what the outcome is. The the psychological side of doing so many events at nationals, how long did that take you to kind of feel like you had it down? Like, were you confident heading into the weekend that, you know, the physical, the physical component is one thing, the psychological, com- psychological component is entirely different. Um, how did it go for you? I don't think it ever quite fully sunk in until I was like already doing the events. And at that point it's like, well, I'm here, I guess. Um, for, the pet timing worked out pretty well because like I feel like for me at least the 800 is definitely my least favorite event so I try not to think about that throughout the day anyway so I was like oh I just have a lot of events today that's fun I like to do these events and like let's just get after it and then with long jump in the middle it was like not a break per se but like something that I really like to do and like let's just go get after that so I think just taking it like one event at a time and then having triple on the second day by itself, I think was really helpful if it had been long and triple and then pet the next day I don't know how that would have necessarily worked out just because like the pet, it looms large mentally, but I think the way that the weekend was structured worked out well for me to be able to focus on one thing at a time and just like take it step by step. If I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, when we spoke outdoors, that was the first 2022 outdoors was the first time you were doing triple jump, correct? Yeah. Okay. So your first triple jump, then this is great, was April 1st, second weekend of 2022. You jumped triple jump, you jumped 11 meters. 1177. You go on to win a national title later that outdoor season. Now, flash forward to March, you break the triple jump record in under a year. That has to be the fastest someone has ever started an event to then breaking a D3 record or just a record in general. What do you attribute to that crazy progression? Obviously, there's some aspects to long jump in it, but still there's a learning curve because there's some other phases you have to throw into it. But how do you go from starting triple jump in April, 2022 to setting the record in 2023? Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, I guess I attribute a lot of it to my coach um, and just being patient with me and bringing me along. At first, he didn't let me try triple jump because, well, the first time I brought it up, I think it was right before my freshman year in national. So he was like, no, let's take a pause on that and like wait on it. But then once the time was right, he was really patient and like, me along the phases of things like that and then my teammates especially who already triple jumped kind of learning from them and like how it's supposed to feel like and like what you're actually supposed to do and then also watching a lot of triple jump I think that helped because I kind of did that before I started it which is what kind of got me interested in it and obviously the jumping aspect which I like but I think those things really helped for the super fast progression I don't know can you talk a little bit about the relationship with your coach I imagine you guys spend a lot of kind of one-on-one time together especially like training for these, these field events. Um, how has your relationship kind of progressed over the years to the point where, you know, now you're, you're setting national records? Uh, we've definitely got a lot closer over the years just because of like time at nationals and other different meets together. Um, he's great. Uh, he's been very communicative with me about like, he definitely trusts me to know, like, if, if you think you can handle this, like I trust you to like do it and get after it. But if it looks like it's going to hurt you or in any way or things like that, he's going to stop me and, like, make sure I'm good, stuff like that. Um, like, there was one meet, like, one of the big meets that I talked about where I did a lot of, like, individual events. It's kind of prep. 
and it was like right before triple you look really tired are you sure you want to do this and it was like let's cut it right there she's been really good about that and just like managing my workload and things like that and then also the mental side he's really good about like um talking to us about like visualization and things like that um going into big meets to make sure that we're kind of in the mental headspace to be like seeing it first person and third person that you're visualizing what an excellent jump looks like from the moment you wake up to the moment you land in the pit and get up things like that so he's really good for me to just help to build the mental and the physical side as especially as um, someone who's a former athlete i feel like he's really helpful in that way because he like knows what it's like at the end of the day is he also your multi coach as well yeah so how does how does your week look like? Obviously, long jumps part of the multi, but then you've got to throw in triple jumps. So are you working on field events? Like, take us through, you know, what a week looks like for you. How do we split up our weeks? It's usually like Monday is like Excel's kind of day, like a little bit of speed work. So depending on the week, we might be doing like short hills stuff like that. Um, if we're the track, multis would be doing hurdles, probably some jumps, either long or triple. I generally do long and then triple at the end of the week, it depends. Um, Tuesday is more like a tempo day, like longer work. Wednesday is gonna be like high velocity stuff. If we're at the track again, we might do hurdles, but that depends on the week. Um, what else? Thursday is like a recovery, like kind of circuit, general strength day. And then we probably do some throwing that day, either that day or Tuesday. Um, so yeah, a lot of time was shot. And then working in jab towards the end of the season. Friday, also kind of velocity, velocity strength work stuff like that and then saturday is generally our big track day so like uh hurdles high jump tempo one of the jumps either long or triple yeah so are you only triple jumping like twice a week then maybe in the pit yeah but we'll work in like different plows and stuff like that yeah, i guess like, that all kind of goes but you're only jumping twice really yeah twice or maybe three times on a special week are you mentally ready to talk about the 800? <laughs> sure. Um, so that that's the only part of the pent that we actually were able to talk. Like we we broadcast it live on the feed, so that was kind of cool. But I think I think it's all it's always kind of difficult to communicate like what exactly is happening on the track during the pentathlon 800 because not only is it all the whole point situation, but like every athlete on the track is is pretty spread out because it's different people's strength and different people's weaknesses. You know, it's probably one of the events that you want to work on, I guess, but like it's out of your wheelhouse, basically. How does it, how does it feel like, how does it feel physically and like mentally getting to the 800 and it's like the last thing you have to do to wrap it up? Um, I try not to think about it as much as possible. <laughs> it helps that long jump is right before it. Cause it's like, Oh, I get to long jump. And then I do the eight, but I kind of push that out of my mind. Um, so then definitely a lot of nerves, like stepping up to the line and things like that. Um, but I guess at nationals in particular, since I was trying to like chase somebody, that kind of helped. Because I find that I run a lot better when I have somebody to like follow behind. I'm really bad at pacing myself. And I'll go out too fast if I'm not careful. Um, what else am I thinking about? It hurts a lot. Um, but not really until like the third lap. So that helps a little bit because I feel like, okay, I can run a four. And then the six is going to be hard, but I have to lock in mentally and like just keep stroking and keep working for it. And then at the last two, I feel like I can actually like run as much as I can with like tired legs. But yeah, I think we, we always have trouble like trying to communicate how tired you guys must be. Yeah, it's it's a struggle, but 
I feel like it helps that everybody's that tired. So it's like, if this person right next to me is running right now, like I can do it and I need to, if I want to stay in position. Yeah. With the 800, you know, you said you mentioned you were chasing someone and obviously your time is then correlated to points. You know, how much are you then knowing, like I need to hit this time because it gets that point versus racing someone. Cause oftentimes like Noah was mentioning, you just, you all are kind of all, all over the place knowing what pace you need to hit. Is that weird to like, not necessarily be racing someone, but you also are at the same time, if if that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely weird, um, especially because I wasn't really a distance runner. That kind of strategy piece was kind of weird to me, just like and pacing and times and things like that. Um, I feel like I'm more often, or I guess my coach doesn't necessarily push like hit this time to get this point total, unless it's like, like last season, if I had hit a certain time, I would have hit, I think like 3,300 or something like that. So that would be the only time you would do stuff like that. But more generally, I'm chasing somebody and like making sure you're sticking within like, I don't know, one or two steps of them to make sure that they don't overtake you, stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely weird mentally to run like that and not necessarily run to like run as fast as you can, stuff like that. But it it's, it's doable. So the theme for you has been just a really nice progression. Obviously we talked about triple jump, but also with the multis too, you qualified last year and, you know, I believe you were just outside the top 15 this year, you move up to fifth and you have an incredible PR as well, more than 300 points and almost 900 more since you, when you started in 2021, talk about just like your overall development as an athlete, obviously things kind of tie in together, but it seems like right now you're kind of coming into your own and just really having a lot of fun progressing and, and getting better at each individual event within the pentathlon. I feel like where I've seen the most growth for myself is with the hurdles. I feel like I've been kind of putting it together because I feel like I have the speed for it, but like the technique, I'm a jumper. So I tend to want to jump over the hurdles where you want to like dive and run through. And I feel like I kind of put that together this season a little bit more. And then just like that incremental bit over each five hurdles, I feel like really took my time down. I feel like I've been able to have a lot more fun with it as well. And just like see it as like I'm running a race and not like, ooh, these are scary hurdles in my way. Um, and then with high jump, I feel like I was going to have fun with high jump. It's weird for me because I can't like do the flop thing. So I'm just kind of out there to see what I can do. Um, but yeah, it's a fun time generally. Shot, shot is always a little bit up and down for me, but I've been throwing since high school, so I've like, always kind of liked it. And then, yeah, just getting to feel power in that way. Um, long jump is, of course, one of my favorite events, so it's like, that's that. And then, but it's definitely different within a multi, just because, like, your legs are kind of tired and you only have three jumps, which is something I struggle with sometimes. Um, I was a little worried I was going to fall out at nationals, which would not have been ideal. Um, and then, yeah, the eight, uh, just definitely working with my teammates during all our tempo workouts and things like that. Um, we have a new freshman, um, multi Jackie, who I've been able to run with a lot because we are like similar paces and she's a really good closer, which I think has helped me as well a lot. And just like being able to push each other within practice and things like that and to get my stamina and like strength up. Now that you've kind of solidified yourself as, you know, the, the cream of the crop and the, and the jumps, does the pentathlon come into a greater focus, you know, as where you can improve the most? Like, are you motivated more by the multis now that you've kind of solidified yourself as the best jumper? Um, I don't know, honestly. Yeah, I feel like, hmm, that is a really good question. Or you can just keep being the best jumper too. I mean, like, or you could just do all of it. But, but I was just wondering if like, once you achieve something, are you kind of like, okay, that's great. Put it in a box. Like, let's turn my attention to 
you know, you were fifth indoors, like, can you win a championship in the Maltese? Huh. I haven't thought about that a ton. I mean, it would be cool, but I guess my heart will always be with the jumps at the end of the day. So, If you get qualified in the HEP for outdoors, got to change events there. Is that the plan? Another triple? Can we see another triple from you outdoors? Assuming the timing works well. Yeah. 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 I guess from a, because multi, like for the pen, it's hectic because you're jumping around from event to event, but at least like you have a time for each one. So it's not as crazy. What's it th- like throwing in an individual event? Cause I believe I forgot when we saw you, cause we were trying to, we were up above in the broadcast booth and I'm pretty sure you did long jump and then you had a jog over to the shot put pit and then immediately through. Is that correct? I think I saw that correctly. I was between long and high jump. Okay. So you did, you definitely did something where like you got out of the pit and then had to go line up and go do another event. Yeah. Like, is that kind of wild? And like, are the officials okay with that? Like, I feel like especially at nationals, they are so strict about things and like, they're probably so confused yeah. while you're running all over the track, going to different event. Yeah. How do you keep track of it? Is somebody helping you do like, is somebody helping you know where you have to be? Yeah. My coach takes a lot of mental load off me. And then the officials were also super nice. They were like, just let us know if you have like another individual event. And then we'll make sure that you're back and forth wherever you need to be. Of course, with long jump, like in finals and stuff like that, they can't jump you out of order. So they had to be more strict about that. But they were pretty nice about being like, Victoria, we'll wait like 30 seconds for you. But like, get over here. You can tell we're distance runners because thinking about having to go to a different event in a meet besides just like running your own just seems way too stressful. (laughs) Just finding, just finding the finish line in the one event we do is hard enough. <laughs> so as you look to outdoors, you've already broke the D3 indoor record. Are you having eyes on the outdoor record? Are you kind of just seeing what happens? I mean, you're the first woman, at least indoors, to break 13 meters for triple jump. Uh, yeah, definitely have eyes on the outdoor record now. Uh, yeah, I kind of have to reset my goals now because 13 was my goal for this outdoor. So, well, the sky's the limit, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about resetting goals a little bit. I think that can be kind of a challenging, sometimes achieving a mark so early can be a challenge in and of itself because you have to like totally change your frame of mind and, and re-motivate. Cause you like pick this goal. You're like, okay, this, I'm going to chase this goal all year. And then you do it in March. And so now you have a whole nother season to refocus, set a new goal. So you don't have to tell us what your goal is, but kind of what is your process for, you know, picking the next thing to chase? Generally, I like to pick round numbers. Like for long jump, my goal is still like 20 feet, which is like 610 or something like that. Yeah. Finally, Um, someone who prefers feet to meters and (laughs) understands it better potentially like we do. Yeah, meters still don't really make sense to me. No. For triple, I get hmm. I guess I can be more ambitious. It's hard for me to like put numbers on things, but then again, I guess I have to trust that since I was able to hit one goal, then I should be able to hit another. Or at least if I can't, then I can like make the small steps and strides to do so. So I guess my next big thing would probably be the D3 record. Yeah, the D3. Well, technically you have, I was looking at it, right now just to double check my facts you have the 13 18 is the longest jump both indoors and outdoors oh i did not know that yeah so oh. alexa wandy from senior geneseo she's coach she's helping coach in d3 still she her outdoor record is 13 meters even 
just to let you know, you know, just as information. So you don't even, you don't even have to jump this season. You've already like, you're see you can just wrap it up. It's over. <laughs> Curious from your perspective, you know, you mentioned 13 meters was like your goal. You look at your previous PRs and you're, you know, half a meter away from it prior to the season. Where do you get the, at least for indoors, where do you get like the confidence? How did you set 13 meters as your goal? I guess because it was a nice round number after 12, but also I guess just like knowing that I would have another few months of like triple like technique work and like strength under my belt, um, especially like over the summer, we had a big long training block, things like that. Um, also knowing that I had a lot of work to do with my approach, with like my arms in the air, which I kind of don't do much, which I should. Yeah. So just knowing all those like little things that I could still pick up on and just knowing also the fact that like I don't know 13 meters is like this much more per phase so it's like it feels like a big jump but it's like not that much when you focus on each individual part of the jump so that kind of gave me confidence to like set that goal there and know that even if I didn't reach it I had the skills and like the capability to so you're one of the the busiest athletes on the track in division three a lot of events very high performing but what are you up to like outside of track like what are you what are you doing in school and do you do you have time for any interests outside of track and school? Yeah. So let's see, school right now, I'm double majoring in general engineering and Africana studies, um, which is going well. Um, before I was purely a Mackie major and I was like, eh, I enjoy my like mix between humanities and STEM a lot more. I find that I like to write and like kind of think in that way. Um, and then outside of track, I'm also on a dance team on campus. We do like hip hop dance and we have a competition coming up next week, actually, which will be super fun. Can you set a record in that? Is that something you can set a record in? <laughs> I don't think so, but you know, we'll, we'll find one. Dang, double major dance team plus track. Like, are you, how busy are you? During regular time, it's not too, too bad. But since for dance, we have something called Hell Week where we'll have like big four hour chunks of practice, like eight to midnight. So we had that last week and then we have another one next week. Those are kind of rough. And those times of year, I'm definitely more stressed than normal, but otherwise it's pretty manageable. Definitely my track is my number one priority and my team knows that. So it's like they're understanding about me, like missing stuff and just catching up and things like that. Yeah. I was going to say, when you show up to dance practice at 8 PM, just like coming off a three hour track practice, like are your dance teammates just kind of looking at you like, <laughs> like, how, <laughs> like how is she here? Yeah. <laughs> we work it out. They're understanding if I have to like sit down for a second, just like watch for a minute. Only for a second. You can sit down for one second and then it's back to it. From the, from a team back to the track, you know, from a team standpoint, Hopkins obviously has been, you know, very strong in track and field, obviously in cross country as well, getting another trophy finishing fourth. You know, what was, was that the goal? Was that you guys happy about fourth? Take us through from a team perspective, like expectations are maybe a little bit higher than fourth. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. I'm definitely happy to get on the podium um, just because like it was a very different crew coming out to indoor nationals this year. Last year we had, I don't know, like four or five people in the 3K and just like the whole distance squad, which is really cool. But obviously we're like built differently this year and have a lot more sprinters, a lot more with that. So it was definitely like, We'll see what happens. Um, and we're very, very happy to place on the podium and bring that trophy home. Yeah, our head coach was very happy about that. You know, given, you know, maybe the less bodies, at least on the distance side of things, were 
the general feeling for nationals different? Like, was this maybe more of a, like a, a reach goal to get in the podium or given who you had and given what you're capable of, like you kind of thought that the podium was a potential. I think we always thought it was a potential, especially cause like we knew we have a couple of freshmen and like younger people, like Lauren is only a sophomore still. And so like just her fitness and like our freshman Leanne, who's on, um, like a, on our four by four team, their fitness has been building throughout the season. And so we kind of knew that we were like peaking and like kind of in the right place, despite what like the, end of year rankings or whatever said to like potentially grab that and one thing our head coach always emphasizes like what we do what we've already done is enough to be there already so like you don't have to do anything like extraordinary extraordinary or out there to like prove yourself on this national stage like you are good enough and like we knew that we had the capability to do that to do that if that makes sense I imagine that takes a lot of the pressure off you know not not looking at nationals like a proving ground just a place where you can continue to kind of do your thing Right. Yeah. I really appreciate that he does that because it's like you don't have to feel like this is the one place where like I have to put it on the line if I don't PR, if I don't do this and like I failed. Like at the end of the day, you qualified for nationals and you are an amazing athlete and you just have to be you. Yeah. Given that you've had a little bit younger athletes joining and or other younger athletes competing this weekend, you know, what advice were you giving them to make sure, you know, they stayed within themselves and not get too nervous? I guess just reemphasizing our head coach's advice to like, you've already done what it takes to be here and just kind of trust your training and trust yourself. One thing I told Lauren actually before she stepped on the line was like, you have to step on there and believe that you can be the national champion. Like you always have to kind of believe that that's within you. And even if it doesn't happen, you have to have that kind of confidence and that kind of belief that like you can be the best on this stage based on who you are, based on the things that you've done, no matter like who else is on that line with you and not to really kind of block out other outside people and just stay within yourself. Another thing we try to sort out with guests on the show these days in the in the COVID era is what year are you in school and how much track do you have left? I'm a junior. I have, after this year, I have two years left. Are you going to, you think you'll stick around and, and do them all? Yeah. Hoping to do a D1 grad year. Is that exciting to kind of like know that you get an extra year and especially if you were planning on a graduate degree, like being able to have track while you have that yeah it's super exciting um I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do a grad degree but then having that extra fifth year and having the opportunity to run track again is something that was like I didn't want to like lose that opportunity even though it was like because of COVID or whatever but definitely don't want to let that go to waste is it nice knowing that like other D3 athletes have kind of have been or are doing this situation where they're taking a grad school year at a D1 school and so you know it's like not a crazy jump given how success, like for example, Ella for your teammate, for example, you know, making it, making nationals, being an all American, like, does that give you confidence? Like you can make the jump too. Yeah. That gives me a lot of confidence. It was so fun to like watch. We were watching the results for Ella, like as we were at the meet, just like scrolling through and see what she, seeing what she was doing. She's always been like a big inspiration. So it's so fun to see her to like make that jump and see that it's possible to like still succeed at a national level. I feel like in division three for so long, it's always been just theoretical, like, oh, this person could go to D1 and they could do this, but, but kind of the COVID eligibility shift, it allows us to actually see a lot of the top talent in D3, like make, make a D1 national championship or go run for run or jump and throw for D1 teams. And so, you know, selfishly, I think we're, we'd be really excited to see you, uh, see you at a D1 school just so we can be like, oh yeah, she came from D3. We can never interview you again, obviously, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it would still be pretty cool. 
are you getting a preliminary list of like schools and areas you want to go to? Yeah. My coach and I came up with a list a couple months ago and then I put him in charge of sending emails and things so I could do other stuff. So Man. he's kind of, he's kind of leaving that front for now. Shout out to your coach getting, making, just taking all the yeah. stressful stuff off your work. plate. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of the bigger meets that you're going to be competing at outdoors this outdoor season? I know we have our big multi-meet at Bucknell. I want to say the weekend of the 15th. And then we're hoping to take a bigger crew out to Penn Relays at the end of April. So I'm super excited for that. Those are the two big ones that come to mind. Yeah. I feel like for distance running, at least from our perspective, like you got to go find meets where there's pacers and it's fast times, but for field events, it's almost like, just give me some nice weather and some soft yeah. sand and like, I'll have a good day. Like, do you, do meets matter for you in terms of like competition? Like obviously it helps if someone else is jumping 13 meters and a triple jump, but you can basically set a record really wherever. It's just like, you want maybe a fun environment type of situation. Yeah. I think mostly fun environment, although some facilities are definitely better than others, although that's more like prevalent indoors. Like we like to go to like the Armory and Ocean Breeze a lot because they have really good like track surface for jumping indoors. Outdoors it's like, yeah, yeah, nice weather, good competition. I was definitely amped up um, at nationals when people were jumping like 1240, like 1225 and that like getting in that competition spirit definitely helps. And then one thing about just, we mentioned earlier and I wish I brought it up earlier, but you know, from a technical standpoint with triple jump and your different phases, you mentioned that you added another step to that from our perspective. No, I mean, for our, you know, our listeners who may not understand what that technical term of that means and all that, what, how big of an impact did that have one, not only like learning it, but then two, obviously it seems like it made a big difference because you set a national record, but from a learning standpoint, how big of a difference does that adding a step to your phases? Right. So I went from having a six-step approach to a seven-step approach. So basically, all that really does is it allows you to have a little bit of extra speed, which in theory, if you're able to translate it right, um, can help you like push off further and farther off of the first phase, which should then translate into a bigger second phase and a bigger third phase. Um, the kind of learning curve for me was just like not using that speed to then jump straight up off the board, because that's what's different about long and triple. You want to be able to push out as far as possible versus straight up. Um, what else is different? Oh, and then I guess the kind of point that I got to to add that um, extra step was just having a lot of consistency in my sixth step. So like there's a specific rhythm that you want to be able to hit. It's like, dun, dun, like slow to fast, basically. I don't know I was going to clap it out. Um, <laughs> but you want to be able to get that slow to fast rhythm pretty consistently, um, no matter how many steps you're taking. And so then once I was able to do that, then pushing back another step, just making sure that that consistent rhythm was still there, that I was translating that speed and making sure to get out on my phases. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. We're definitely excited to watch you progress and compete during uh, the outdoor season. And you set a new record today for the earliest recorded episode of D3 Glory Days. And so I think the outdoor season is off to a good start already. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that does it for another episode of D3 Glory Days. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. I know we did. It was a blast speaking with Victoria. We'll have some more episodes here on the way, but until then, here's the glory days. Mm-hmm.